In the summer of 2020, the Schuyler County Historical Society was honored to have the opportunity to talk with some of the county's longest standing citizens. We sat around a table in the museum in Lancaster while they shared stories about each town in the county, their lives, and a lot more. Today, we're proud to present our conversation with Quentin Smizer of Glenwood. You can just sit right there. Let's go with my phone. an outhouse, Quentin. You want to build this one? <laughs> That's how I grew up. Me too. I didn't like it either. You're not going to get much information from me because Francis knows you a lot took more took this right out of my house. <laughs> well, if you never knew any of this, you don't realize this uprooted every family that's on here. So what year were you born? 1935. Where were you born? Glenwood, Missouri. All of my brothers and sisters were born at home. How many brothers and sisters do you have? Uh, I've got eight. I went to uh, first two years at Liberty Hall, and then World War II, I went to, we went to Tumlin, worked in Leedon Founder. Clem Leedon was from Glenwood. He started a factory in a Tumlin. We worked in, uh, my dad worked in Leeds and Foundry until the war ended in 1945, and then we came back to the farm. And then I went uh, 7th and 8th grade to Glenwood, and then uh, through high school in Queen City. But see, when I went ready for high school, you could rent your school books from Queen City, but you had to buy them in like the, the high school, you had to buy your books. So you could go to Queen City for, the, the books would only cost you like 3 to $5. So... And they run a bus up through Glenwood first year when I started high school. So we went to Queen City. But back in them days, yeah, if you went to high school, you had to buy all your books. What all kind of jobs have you had? Worked with Cameron Joyce for two years on 136 and 63 from La Plata to Atlanta in 1958 and 1960. Then I cut timber for 20 years, walnut timber and white oak barrel safe for W.A. Salmon Save Company. When did you start working on cars? Well, from the time I was grown. Yeah. What was your first car you ever owned? A 1949 Chevrolet. My first job, actual job, was when I got out of high school. I went to Iowa and went to work on a farm for $140 a month my room and board. Well, I didn't have a car. I didn't go anywhere. And that fall, after the crops was harvested, I came home with $900 in my pocket. And I went over to Dean Beeler and P.O. Fenton and bought a 1949 Chevy. That was my first car. I paid cash. That was 1953. But in 1953, you could buy a brand new Plain Jane Chevrolet car for $1,600. It had a radio and a heater, and that's it. Yeah. I've led a pretty dull life. I don't think you probably have. So, anyway. So what do you remember in Glenwood businesses, like when you were growing up? Well, we had about every business there was in Glenwood. Had Bowling Chevrolet, but it was, I am not old enough to know because... During the probation year, it was probably from 1935 to 1945, probably. That'd be Howard Paul Bowling's dad, Paul Bowling. And we had three grocery stores, two barber shops, and two gas stations. Now, that was all building down that street going west. And when they come up, it's like a crossroad there in front of, you know where the Logan Bank is? Okay, there was a big pole light right in the middle there. You drove around it. You could come on the Blackhawk on Route M. And like you're going down to the elevator, well, there was a street light right there. And when the state took over all the roads, all the state roads, like, and they made them all blacktop, they eliminated that uh, big light. I'm thinking early 70s. That road going north from the Christian Church, that was 63 Highway until 1949. It came right up there. This was 63 Highway right here, went up, 
stopped at the south side of the bay in the Missouri Transit bus, picked up people, then turned, went down past the Lumberyard, on into Queen City, right downtown Queen City in the Green Top to every little town. Then they bypassed Lancaster in 1949, or maybe late 48, with the new road that we got out here now. And that's, that's when the modern air opened up. Ed Judd opened up the modern air, and my sister and Bob Melvin opened up the rest of 1950. They did 53, early 54. Ed was married to Bob Melvin's sister, Mar- uh, Marcia. And of course, before Bob opened that restaurant, he worked for a carnival. You know, he was built as a two-faced man and worked in Coney Island. Well, he was tired of that. So when he got a chance to open up his restaurant, he jumped at it. But after two years of one place, he was back Coney Island about two years. And then uh, back in them days, the, the Royal American, one of the biggest, they played all state fairs, you know. They had their own train. Late in the season, they went up into Canada for like six weeks and then came back and Bob did that until they retired. So your sister would have been here just raising the kids? They well, no kids. kids except Terry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She, Sounds like a She home. was right with him all the time. Oh, I didn't know that. I can't, I can't remember where Terry was born. She might have been born in Lancaster and she could have been born anywhere. Because they played sure. from Kansas uh, all over. I didn't realize she went with them. Oh, yeah. Everywhere, yeah. Jimmy Russell movie, that's the only time we came to like. It's where uh, Ronnie uh, McElhaney's, before that it was a clothing store. And that's after Jimmy Russell done away with the movie theater. They were the portable roller rink right east of where Pat Tolman, where the Ford Garage is. Right east there on that vacant lot. There's a roller skating rink there. I would say it probably didn't, wasn't there over, say, four to ten years, maybe, I don't know. Well, right east of Pat Tolman, they was a tavern. Turned it into a parts store. That lot's been vacant ever since I remember on east of there, and that's where the skating rink was. I didn't. Bob Melvin was a great skater. I wasn't, well, I was, actually, I wasn't, that was before I was probably, you know, I didn't have a car until I got back from that. Iowa Farm with $900 in my pocket. Well, 18, but you know, I, I didn't have a car. You had to buy your own car. The parents didn't furnish them. Yeah, there's a lot of businesses in Glenwood. And we had Doc Johnson, doctor there, you know. He's the one that delivered all of us kids except, well, my brother Peyton was born in Centerville, Iowa. No, the rest of the eight of us was born on the farm south of Glenwood. What kind of house did you grow up in? A, a great house. It was a brand new house. My grandpa, Derek Chambers, well, it's in the plot book. If you look through there long enough, you'll say it's got a picture of Derek Chambers' house. That's the house we all grew up in. The country didn't get electrified until after World War II. Had a kerosene lamp and an outhouse. And uh, we moved to Glenwood after we got back from Ottumwa, Iowa, after World War II. My dad opened up a standard oil gas station in Glenwood. And the next fall, we moved to town. And we went to 7th, 8th grade to Glenwood. Francis is the only one living. Worked for Tri-County. Most of them are from right around here, you know. Francis Norman, Johnny Lashley, Luther Riles, Glenn Dotson, uh, Woody Shepard, and uh, Charlie Watkins. Oh no, TV, 1955, when they built this TV tower out here when we got our first television. My mom inherited a thousand dollars from Uncle Charlie Kale making, and she bought a TV. It costs uh, 
seemed like it cost $650. Early 50s is when that's how it And then, you know, you could only get 7 and 10, which was Hannibal Quincy and KTVO. You had to get your antennas at the just right to get 7 and 10. And Cecil Tony had the first turnable antenna that I remember. He had a big pole outside of his house, and he had a crank run through the wall. <laughs> he, he worked on TVs. He was good. And he had a little gear on this crank, and he'd watch that TV, and he'd tweak this crank just a little bit. The picture would come in real good, you know. Later, they come out with electric rotor went on top of your TV. But that's Cecil's little invention. <laughs> but when I was a kid, 136 was river gravel. It was Highway 4 at that time. When the state took over all these farm-to-market roads, which is, I'm assuming, maybe early to mid-60s, then number four became 136, you know, and then that's a state blacktop, all the Rock County roads. They used blacktop instead of gravel. Iowa, they used a lot of gravel. You get in the country in Iowa and it'd be all gravel roads. Was the railroad still in Glenwood when you was a young man? Oh, yeah. It didn't go out until they'd be about six trains a day. Yeah, mail come out of Glenwood and like about six times a day when I was a kid. Yeah, they were all steamers when I was a kid. I've got a picture of the last train through Glenwood in 1955, I think. I think 65 on the North Fork and Western. It was a Wabash. It, it rained all these little towns. You see, Glenwood was the main shipping point just because they were two railroads went through Glenwood and the competition was keen. The Burlington went north of Glenwood and over to Kirkirk. It come down from Centerville and went east. And they had the Glenwood Junction up there and it used to be a big hotel up there. That was the Burlington. Then the Wabash come from Des Moines and went through Glenwood going south to St. Louis. So you could ship. Anytime there's competition, the freight's going to be a better price. Are you with me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard my mom tell about Billy Hall always shipped these elephants out of Glenwood, and they drove them right the Glenwood to Lancaster Road used to go. You know where Kenny Tony lived? Well, you lived there once, didn't I, you? No, but I know where he lives. What house did you live in over there? In Glenwood? Yeah. I never lived in Glenwood. I went and started your car one time over there. What it was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't that preacher's house next to Kenny Tony's, what it was, Ben Bradbury lived? You never did live in Glenwood? No. Well, who in the hell was you sneaking around seeing over there? Actually, you know where the Glenwood Park is? Yes. Went, went right past Kenny Tony's house and went right past the Glenwood Park, right on down to the depot, which is just, and I've heard my mom tell about it. When they drive elephants over there in the spring of the year and it'd be muddy, she said those holes where the elephants walked would be like the size of a cream can and a foot and a half deep in the ground walking over there. Getting them onto the train? Walking. He, they would walk them from Glenwood, to, from Lancaster to Glenwood and load them out on the train. Because Billy Hall shipped them all over the world. When was your mother born? 1900. My dad born in 1898. Yeah, my mom came out of the Wyandotte County Orphanage in Kansas City. Well, you've heard of the, you have a Scurlock poem book in there, don't you? We do. We okay. Do. And he was from Glenwood, right? Well, the brother to this, uh, the one that wrote the poems, worked for the railroad, and he had a layover in Kansas City. 
and on his layovers, he would go to this orphanage and got acquainted with Mom. And he knew Grandpa Chambers was wanting to adopt a little girl. So the Scurlock took Grandpa Chambers down there. And of course, this is what Mom told me. And she would not have one thing to do with Grandpa Chambers. She just wanted to sell on Scurlock's lap. Well, Mom said to Grandpa Chambers, said, if you come and go to Glenwood with me, I'll buy you a pony. And that's how it happened. How old was she when they adopted? Three. Oh, I'm sure he had a pony probably, or bought one. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that house is in the, you got one of them big Schuyler County uh, plaque map. We of, have some, yeah, of different the, years. Of the, like, early 1900s. Yeah, that the house I was born in, in that book. And then when, when Mom was 15, Grandpa Chambers bought a brand new Model T, but he never could learn to drive it. And that's when Mom started driving. It wasn't whoa when he said whoa. Yeah, Grandpa Grandpa Chamber never learned to drive it. I never drove a Model T, but I had several Model A's. I wanted to ask you, you was talking about the Glenwood Junction Hotel a while ago. That has fascinated me because that was a huge building. It was. A huge building. And we have pictures of it all over the museum in every book that we've ever put together. And it was one of the most big gathering places in yeah. Country. Well, that's because the two railroads went through there. Right. They I come from they everywhere. Said, I thought they said one time that there was nine trains, uh, passenger trains, that would stop in Glenwood at a certain time. Oh, yeah. Huh? You see, the Wabash went on the west side of that, and the, and the Burlington went on the other side of it. It's right in between them two. Am I expected here? Yes, we're recording. Please, Please join us. Come <laughs> you can join in. Which, which seat do you want me to have? This one would probably be more comfortable. Oh, I don't care. Well, I don't know. Who is this guy? This is Art Buchanan. Buchanan's and... the name. <laughs> From where? Queen City? No. Nope, Green Top. <laughs> well, I'm Buchanan. That's cool. That's within four miles. I left East Kirksville now after 57 years. Right. Well, Quentin's given us information about Glenwood. Oh, well, go right well, you're not getting very much, but I, <laughs> I'm getting you all I got. But his last name is Smizer. Got it. Yeah. Remember that name? He's trying to ruin my reputation. I'm way too late for that. <laughs> I'm not sure I got any more to tell. When I was a little kid, before they took this railroad bridge out, Armistice Day was a big deal. This town would be full of people. You couldn't put another horse, buggy, car, anything on the square. It was full. But, uh, but he rode the train between Lancaster and Centerville. There's a place that Billy Hall really liked to eat. And he'd hold a train while he went in and they cost him $100. My dad said when he loved watermelon. My dad said he... He just take a watermelon and buff it and just get in with both hands and eat it. I've heard my dad tell about Billy all lost a diamond tech pen in the snow and he hired I don't know how many people with sand sifter till they found it. What did your dad do for a living? Everything. He was a good trader. Okay. He was a good judge of cattle. Bought a lot of cattle. Run a gas station. Bought timber for 25 years. He bought timber for Sam and Save Company and for several walnut buyers. They used to come over here from France and Italy and buy walnut logs. 
shipping back. They'd have spotters, you know, like my dad, and they'd buy them. But now my great-grandpa, he'd, when he, they wasn't an automobile when his doctor, he'd be gone three, four weeks at a time. Wherever his last stop was or where he spent the night. Well, it wasn't, a, it wasn't even, even tra trains when he first started doctor. No, no, he died in 1870. He was the first medical MD in Schuyler County. But during the Civil War, it got so bad here, you know, it's kind of like the Democrats and Republicans. They, they would burn your, if you, okay, say I was talking for the South or the North, they'd burn your barn. A lot of unrest. Well, Grandpa Joe Henry moved to Macomb, Illinois, but when he got over there, it was just as bad as it was here. So he come back and settled uh, just north of Twilight there at New Zion on the school board there for three or four years. And then he went over, you know where they built a new water tower on F west of Glenwood? He went yes. over there just east of there and built a new house. But he died when he was 53 years old. He was a what bad doctor. What was his name? Joe Henry Smyzer. Okay. Yeah. But he got his schooling out east. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Pennsylvania is where he went to school. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Well, do you have any other stories you want to tell us? Well, I'm sure I have, but I can't think of them. We'd like to thank Art for taking time to talk with us. And a huge thank you to Bruce Poe for sharing his music with us. For more information about Schuyler County history, be sure to follow us on Facebook. If you'd like to ask a question about genealogy research or find out about taking tours or coming to visit the Hall House Museum in Lancaster during the summer season, email us at schuylercountyhistory at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and keep making history.